Hello, welcome to Cultural Coffee Time Talks. But today, it isn't coffee time, it's tea time. And I'm making myself a cup of tea. And as lockdown continues and we all get this some kind of malaise, it's difficult to get motivated. Even getting out of bed and getting dressed is quite tricky. So time has dragged on uh, and it is almost four o'clock. Never mind, I'm sure that you will understand. And I'm sure, dear listeners, you will understand that my brother Jamie, who insists on doing the podcasts outside, uh, thinks it's too cold, as do I, in this cold final day in January, January the 31st. And so I'm doing it inside with my son, who's in my bubble, 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 bubble. And today... That's Arthur. Yeah. Say hello again, Arthur. Hello. That's it. Yeah. That's him. He's here, sitting at the table. Uh, today we're looking at a painting by Joseph Wright of Derby. Uh, and this painting is called A Philosopher Giving a Lecture at the Orrery, in which a lamp is put in place of the sun. Now that's a very long title. So we've already mentioned how Turner and the Victorians loved their descriptive titles. Well, this painting is from the 18th century. It's around about 1765. Um, but it's still in that period where there's a fashion for narrative, for storytelling uh, and for long titles. And it's in the Derby Museum and Art Gallery. And it is a very large work. It measures one and a half metres by about two metres, so that puts it in a large category. Uh, and I'm just making my tea now, and it's oil on canvas. It's nice to have chosen a picture which is in a, a provincial art gallery, though I hate that word. It's not in one of the big London galleries. And indeed, I've seen this picture. And what strikes you most is it's incredibly dark, uh, and it looks so, like it's at night time, definitely. It looks like it's set at night time, yeah, as Arthur's in the middle of the night. just pointed out. <clears throat> and yet you've got a strong area of light, um, almost central, where the lamp is. Okay. Uh, that is lighting up this, this scene. It's called a candlelit scene. You can see why. Mm. But you see this great big device here. In the middle, that's that's the orrery. What's an orrery? An orrery is um, um is like a planetarium. It was um, a clockwork machine to show how the planets orbit around the sun. Right. Mm. Can you see these metal orbs? They're showing. They're showing the orbits of the planets. Yeah. And the lamp, which we can't see, can we? No, can you see it? I don't think I can see that, it. Because uh, that kid's covering it. Yeah, there's a figure at yeah, the front, foreground. Do you think that's a female or a male, or do you think it's impossible to tell? Um, I'd, mm, I'd, 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 I'd first say that was a bloke, but I, it could be a, a female. Girl. See, I think it's a fi definitely yeah, a female. Her hair, hair looks a bit long. I don't she's know. got quite longish hair and the, the outline, because yeah. she's in silhouette. She's, all, she's all dark, and you see yeah. her from the back, but I think she looks like she's wearing a dress. Yeah, a night dress sort of thing. 
And then we've got another woman over here. So there's quite a strong female oh, I presence. I didn't, didn't even see her. Yeah, so she's yeah, silhouetted. Didn't even notice her. That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's very shadowy. Yeah. So the lamp that's lighting up this machine, mm. she is sort of um, hiding. It's sort of hidden behind her. Right. And it's a gas lamp. Okay. So when did you say this is Victorian times? No, this is the 18th century. So this is before Victorian. Oh, so Georgian sort of time. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no electricity yet. No. So only gas. Um, <clears throat> now, what do you think of... Um, what do you think this is about? Have a guess. What does it say to you? Uh, I'm not guessing it's a family or... or... Um, yeah, it looks like a family with like the the butlers or whatever they are, the servants all getting together. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's quite intimate. Yeah. So you've got a group of people. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Yeah. Yeah. And seven, yeah. oh, we've got eight. One, one two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Yeah, eight it's quite people, a lot always, of people yeah. in a scene. And they're quite close together, aren't they? Yeah. And you've, that's a good point. So Before social distancing existed. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a very good point. So we know it was... Uh, Pre-lockdown, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-Covid. Yeah. These two are very close. So the figures on the right, you've got a man with his head in his hand. Yeah. And you've got he a man tired. looking up. He looks tired, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, but you won't know this, but in art history... When you see a figure with their, with their head in their hand, it's a sign of a melancholic temperament, right. uh, which means deep thinking, philosophical, tends to be negative, tends to look on the dark side. So he's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Look, looks it. Yeah, we've just <laughs> been watching Reginald Perrin and that. Thinking about his future. Yes, yeah. he's very contemplative. Y yeah. yeah, that's a big word. Yeah, that's a big Too word, big but... for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's dressed in blue. Yeah. Which is, again, a sign of the melancholic temperament. Because is in it? art, there's all this symbolism going mm. back to the Renaissance and the Middle Ages. And the blue is associated with melancholia. And melancholia is associated with the artistic type of person. Okay. When you think of a lot of artists, the tragic figures, deep thinkers, deep feel things deeply. To me... He's quite a key figure in the work, but we'll go back to that. Maybe he, he was the, the, the person that made all this. What, this, made the machine? Made the machine, yeah. That's a good and point. And he's a bit nervous about how whether it, start, it works. Whether it works, because he's trying to impress these people here. See, that is a, that yeah. is a good uh, thought. It could possibly be that, because we know that the artist has, has, has made these figures into kind of portraits. They're people that he probably knew that yeah. he based them on. They're not exact portraits, but they're, um, it's thought that, that this figure who's writing, who's taking notes, is based on a good friend of his called Peter Perez Burdett. It's thought that the man, the philosopher, giving a lecture in red... Oh, so, so you know what all these people are then? Well, it's you know not their certain, position. it is thought. Right. It is known that the man in red is the philosopher... Okay. referred to in the title and it's thought that he's based on isaac newton one of the first sort of he's the first 
influential scientist yeah, of yeah. the modern period. What did he invent? Um, what, well, oh, what he, did he discover? Um, I forgot. I think the gravity. Gravity, yeah, gravity. Thing, but lots of it. other things too. Yeah. I think he's really a physicist. Mm. Now, the figure in the the right that we were he just talking looks about. Does he? Yeah. Right, he's in. He doesn't look impressed. But is, do you think he's looking up at the philosopher? It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and admiration, that's what I think, and respect. I don't know, I think he looks a bit disappointed. I don't. No. I think he looks like re really respectful okay. of the, of the yeah. figure. But it's thought that this is the man who bought the painting, right? It's important to say that this wasn't a commission. Do you know what a commission is? Um, I'm trying to not sound stupid here. No, just be as stupid as uh, you want. Not That's really, the whole no. point. Just, you can't be more stupid than Jamie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Um, a commission is when a, something's, uh, someone's asked someone to do it. So no. someone said, could you do this painting for me and I'll pay, pay you for it when it's finished. Yeah. So okay. someone's requested it. So it's not a commission. He's requested a purchase. Yeah, but this yeah. isn't a commission. It's thought the yeah. artist did it, thinking that this chappy here, who's an earl, in other words, is in the nobility. Yeah, does that mean you're, because um, they had kingdoms back then, didn't they? Sort of, they had different areas, didn't they? No, it's not that early, Arthur. This is the 18th century. You had a monarchy. You just said it was Georgian times. But they had a yeah. But what's the what, what's the, what's in the what I thought? It's, they have the aristocracy yeah. still, right. and yeah, you're right. They're landowners. Yeah, he's a landowner. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, landowner who would own a big yeah. estate. But also, it's known that he was an amateur astronomer, so he's particularly interested in this machine. Okay. Yeah. So when the artist did the painting, he thought, okay, my mate. Um, is going to buy this painting because he's going to be so impressed and he loves astronomy and uh, he's definitely going to buy it off me and he's mm -hmm. rich as well yeah. which is exactly what happened I'm just trying to find out this, the, the, this man has a very weird name it's Washington Shirley is his name, sounds American <laughs> Yeah. and he's the 5th Earl of Ferrers which I'd never heard of sounds back to front, Shirley should be his first name surely yeah. and Washington his last name Yeah. And with curly hair, long curly yeah. hair like that, it does look a bit feminine. Um, so but they look, all had hair like that, look. Yes, they've yeah. all got long hair. Let's not get on to hair. No, let's yeah. not get on to <laughs> Steer away from that topic. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, notice how his gaze is up to the Isaac Newton philosopher figure. Mm -hmm. And then the composition drops down to the man making the notes. He's taking notes, yep. And then down here. And so you've got this beautiful, strong triangle. She just seems sort of amazed by it. Um, she looks she, she totally looks, um, what's the in word? a trance. Yeah, in a trance. Um, Almost like she's at a Ouija board. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And when they're yeah. conjuring up. Do you feel there's a sense of magic? You know, like this is a magician conjuring up this universe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's she, strong... She just looks sort of uh, taken aback, doesn't she? she... No, I don't, to me, she doesn't look surprised. She looks in a trance. Blank. Okay. Blank, yeah. yeah Speechless. Was... Speechless. Like she's seen a ghost. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's a good way to put it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
Now what we've got here, this is very interesting, right in the central highlighted part of the painting, we've got these two young children. I'm guessing they're brothers or... Brother and a sister, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they, what would you say their expressions were? They just look really happy. Yeah, they look yeah. curious, interested. Not really, no. The, the, uh, I'd say the one on the left looks more curious. You mean the boy? Is this a boy and a girl? I, I That's can't the boy. Tell if they're boys or girls. The, the one on the left, yeah. our left, is the boy, and there's a little okay. girl. And the little girl has got her arm around the boy's um, neck yeah. and is pointing. Oh, right, yeah. To one of the little planets. Oh, yes, so now look at that, yeah. And they do look pretty happy, don't they? they? Maybe they're thinking, gosh, we're allowed to stay up for this important demonstration. Normally, yeah. they'd probably be sent to bed. In bed by six o'clock, yeah. So they're probably a bit of element of excitement, like a Christmas sort of spirit. But now this is really, this really is, uh, gets me, is the fact that the artist has gone out of his way to show their their faces are wedged between two arms of the machine. Yeah. So they're framed by the metal of the machine, aren't they? Okay. Almost like they're in a cage. Yeah, or, or another sort of portrait in another in another picture. Yeah, that that's the sort of thing yeah. Jamie would say. Cut it up. You've got two pictures there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got another frame there. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing that Jamie rebels against when I go talk about it too much is that everything has a meaning. Whether the artist intends it or not, a lot of meaning is Maybe subconscious. Maybe he just wanted to draw a picture. Yeah. But to me, the fact that the young children are fixed within this cage-like structure has a, a meaning that's key to the whole painting. Right, yeah. So can you have a guess at what that could be, or is that too deep waters for you? Not to sound patronising. Well... Um, Maybe we need to unpack the picture a bit more before we go into that. Okay, yeah. it's quite a deep point. Okay, so going back to the figures, we haven't given much attention to the philosopher. Now, notice he's called a philosopher, not an astronomer or yeah. a scientist. Right, it's called yeah, a philosopher. Because this is really early on in the development of science. It's the 18th century. Okay. It's yeah. called the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah, I've heard of that. And philosophy was really the way into science in those days. The philosophers started exploring the universe. They weren't, right. and then it became science later on. Oh, right. So, is this? Do you reckon this is the, um, when they just started finding out about all the planets and stuff? Well, Copernicus in the, uh, they... in the previous century, yeah, um, discovered that the sun was the centre of the of the solar system. Oh, okay. Before that, people thought the Earth was the centre. And they thought human beings were really important because they were in the centre of the solar system. So yeah. when Copernicus posited that actually the sun was in the centre, then human beings felt like they were lesser, not so important. Not so important. Marginalised, yeah. yeah. And this is an extension of this because we've got a, what you call a heliocentric model. We've mm. got the sun in the centre. Um, no, so science did start earlier, but not in the way we know it today. I mean, okay. it did very gradually take off. And in this period, in the 18th century, science and philosophy are very much intertwined. Yeah. They're not like separate things. So it's interesting that he's 
in a title he's called a philosopher. Um, and he looks more than a scientist, doesn't he? Yeah, it looks what, what, quite important, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's right set up at the top of the triangle yeah. I was mentioned about, as though he's very much in charge of what's going on. Yeah, it's like he's giving a speech, isn't he? And I'm guessing he's stand he might be standing on some platform or something. That is very he's a possible, lot, yeah. He's a lot uh, taller than others, a lot higher that up, is, isn't that's he? That's a good point, yeah, yeah. he could be. Or seat, seat, seated on a platform of some yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah, all seated, yeah. And he looks like he's turning to the chap writing the notes, mm. as though he's saying, have you got that down properly, what I just told you? Yeah. I just told you that the planet Venus comes 300 billion metres to planet Mars on the 5th of March or something. Have they probably got... didn't have that technology then to know that. But... Well, this is what the machine yeah. was to help them discover. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying, have you got that written down? So he's quite authoritative, isn't he? Yeah. But... Yeah, he's obviously listening to him, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. He's a good student. This the one in, He's got a lilac sort of coat, hasn't he? What like... does that mean? What does lilac represent in those days? Well, I don't know at all but it could just be an artistic device because there's a lilac rim around the table oh, on right. which the orrery is set can mm. you see it's very bright lilac is that makes... the color though or is that just the well the it's, shade? is that the, the is that the light reflecting on it that yeah the makes light it look... is making oh, it look yeah. brighter but from an artistic point of view it's really beautiful the colors in this because you've got the lilac of his jacket and then mm. you've got it heightened by the rim of the, the stand on which the orrery is, is set. The colours in this are, are fabulous. So you've got the philosopher, he's got a, a purple waistcoat. So yeah. it carries you through. You see the purple there to the purple there to the purple there. I'm guessing he's wearing sort of purple. Yeah, a darker purple. Yeah. And the effect of that is it makes your eye travel round the picture in a yeah. circular motion, which echoes the motion of the device. What about this bloke? He's left out then. Why didn't he yeah, wear Yeah, this is why I'm going to talk about him at the end as well mm. as the two children because I think he's key because he's, in a way, he's left out of the circle, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he he's feels separate. left out. Maybe that's why he's got his head in his hands. Yeah, but we're going to talk about why he's left out in a okay, minute. Okay, yeah. Now, going back to the lovely philosopher man, I say lovely because does he look frightening or... No, not at all. No, he's, he looks quite... Do you know the word benign? No. Kind. Kind, yeah. Looks kind and warm. Yeah, so he's got authority, yeah. but he's kind and warm at the same time, isn't he? Yeah. And um, this fantastic colour scheme of this red cloak makes him almost like a monarch. Red is preserved, yeah. usually used for a monarch, a king. He looks more important than him, than the earl. He looks yeah. More, yeah, exactly. And um, this goes to show how important science was becoming so the Earl, who's like a really important member of the nobility, is set down and revering the philosopher or, or the scientist. Yeah. So it shows how important learning is becoming in this age. The age of enlightenment is a period when learning and education becomes really important. And this is indicated by the books. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the books yet, have we? No, mm. that are set to the right of the philosopher. Yeah. Uh, under on a shelf but under this sort of velvet curtain okay yeah but okay so it's showing that books are important learning is important but more than that the books are quite dull and brown aren't they yeah and very we didn't notice looking. them until last did we I, I noticed them the whole time oh did you yeah but would you say 
that part of the meaning of this picture is to say it's actual experience um, of science that's being talked about here. It's not learning through a book. It's that all these people yeah, are exactly. having an yeah. experience, a first-hand yeah. of, of um, this scientific experiment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think too. And they, again, that's a feature. Of how amazed they look. And, yeah. yeah, really involved, aren't they? Yeah. So it's not just book learning, it's what you call empirical observation, mm. meaning from their own experience. So you get the sense that there's a real sort of happening, an event. Yeah. Are you yawning? Are you bored? Uh, no, no, I'm just tired. <laughs> so I slap you round the head yeah. to wake you up. No, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, slave labour today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ralph is my employee. I've been um, yeah. paying him to do the gardening work. And he's had a beer as well. That makes you tired in the afternoon. Oh, which reminds me, I need to have a sip of my, my tea. Okay, yeah. Okay, we're getting somewhere now. We're getting in, into the nitty gritty, which is what, what I love to do. Um, now, have you heard, no, you probably haven't, but have you heard of the Baroque period? I have, yeah. Oh, you have? I have, yeah. Remind me of what it is, though. Well, it is actually, um, the Baroque period is actually the previous century. So this is 18th century. So 17th century. Yeah. And in that period in art, they loved to use these dark, deep shadows, like yeah. you've got here, contrasted to this almost artificial light. Yeah? That was a feature of that period. So Joseph Wright of Derby is drawing on that tradition from the past. And the main artist who was like that was called Caravaggio. He was the most famous. He I worked in heard Rome. Of him. You haven't? No. You might have done, because he murdered someone and he had to flee Rome. He was a violent thug. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Quite an interesting man. But you also... combine him to be an artist then? No, but in Rome, in the Baroque period, it was a very turbulent and violent time. Well, Baroque look at that. period, is that Tudor or...? No, no, it's, the, it's after. So it's between after Tudor and Georgian? Yes, yeah. Anyway, also, have you heard of Rembrandt? Rembrandt, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he worked with this style, deep, deep shadow and strong light mm. contrasts. It's typical of the Baroque from the Mediterranean to the Dutch Republic. Yeah. And it's a word that we've used with Jamie, which I can never pronounce. I have to get my mum to pronounce, but she's not here. Miss her. Curioscuro. Curioscuro. Yeah, Giro. Italian word meaning yeah. light and shade. Strong contrast of light and shade yeah. here. And this gives it a sense... It's got some really light parts, hasn't it? Really mm. bright parts. Absolutely. But really, a lot, most of it's dark. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, when you look yeah. into the corners here, it's almost pitch, pitch black, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that gives it a sense of drama and importance. It makes you think you're looking at something quite serious and important. Mm. And, and indeed, this ties in with... Um, Joseph Wright of Derby trying to make something very important of what basically, as you rightly said at the beginning, looks like a little family casual scene yeah. observing this new toy that the Earl has acquired. Yeah. But what Joseph Wright of Derby is doing is he's making that a really important picture and he's saying that how important science is. In the past, this sort of style was reserved for pictures of kings... I mentioned the red and how he's like a monarch. So, and battles, historic battles, history scenes, and scenes that told an important story that people would learn from. 
Right. So he's using that this is and transferring lot, it to this. This is a lot more subtle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as an aside, it's quite important to say that Joseph Wright of Derby, he's called that because there was another artist with a similar name, so it's mm. to differentiate them, never lived in London. He lived in Derby, where he was born. He's... His whole life, he did occasional trips to London, Liverpool and Italy. So he was just your regular guy, really? Yeah, he was what they call provincial, a country mm. town sort of person. He, so he, was, he didn't have much of an... Um, International lifestyle. Yeah, not, or... I, wouldn't, I was, trying to, I was, I was anyway, thinking did... of exciting, but that's not really the right No, word. he did have an exciting yeah. life because... He was a member of the Lunar Society. I don't know if you've heard of that. Lunar Society? Yeah. Lunatics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, they could have been lunatics. They were quite quirky yeah. people. Right. They're was based it? in Birmingham, and they were a loose um, fr fraternity, a loose grouping of men, I don't think any women were involved, who were interested in knowledge and science and experiment and how to better humankind. And he was in that, so he was really interested in science. In fact, he sat in on a lot of their experiments after yawning again. Yeah. So he had first-hand knowledge of the scientific community. His friends were scientists. And in fact, he was friends with Erasmus Darwin, who was the grandfather of Charles Darwin, yeah, who I've we spoke about him. in the previous yeah. podcast. Charles Darwin, um, anyway. he's a scientist. Yeah, and he and yeah. a biologist who wrote about the origin of human beings and how they were select natural selection. Okay. From yeah. from the um, monkeys apes. and apes and apes, all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So now I mentioned the Lunar Society because they only met on a full moon. Really? Yeah, oh, that's right. why they got the name. Isn't there a Midsummer Murders like that? Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably taken from that group. That yes, group, you're they, right. They, they, I remember they all meet on a full moon. Yeah. Some some group. A lot yeah. of those stories you find have their origins in something <laughs> yeah. in the past. Yeah. They're quite educated. The people who write those things. So they'd only. How often is a full moon? Once a month. Once a month. Yeah, like every twenty-eight days, okay, strictly yeah. speaking. Anyway, can you notice on the faces? How they all look like moons. You know the moon has different phases. I'm not just being oh, silly. okay, yeah. But there's a reference to the Lunar Society. So mm. he's like... Um, he's a full... No, they're full moons. The children are full moons. He's almost a full moon. The philosopher's almost a full moon. He's a... The scholar who's taking the three notes. Three quarters of three a moon. Three quarters, exactly. <laughs> he's a, not even a half the moon. The earl is a, a new moon uh, when it's just a moon, slither. Yeah. yeah. He's a... He's difficult, the melancholic, yeah. it's difficult to work him out. What about this girl with the, who's in profile, the one that looks like in a trance? Yeah. She's a new moon on the other She's side. She's a new moon, yeah. yeah. And, and the girl in the, in the foreground, who you only see in silhouette from the back, she is... You can't see her at all. Yeah, she's like a no moon, where yeah. there's no light from <laughs> yeah. the moon. Yeah. So that that's, that's makes it really interesting, doesn't it? Right, we've only got three minutes left, and I haven't... Oh, talked. it's gone quick. I know. We need to talk about this bloke. I He's haven't spoken about the poor old melancholic with his head in his hands and why he looks... Would you say he looks unhappy or do you think... Yeah, yeah, I don't... I think he looks unhappy, yeah, like he doesn't fit in the circle. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. And I think it's because he realises, and this is what a lot of people realised in the Enlightenment, how unimportant human beings are in relation 
to the science of the universe. Okay, yeah, so he's he's disappointed. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of questioning in the sadder characters in the girl in profile about the meaning of the human's place within they're this. Think, they're thinking more, aren't they? They're yeah. observing it more. They're taking it in very, very deeply. Yeah. Now, as for the children trapped in this cage-like um, metal of the orrery itself, mm. now this is, again, you could argue with this, this is my subjective interpretation, but I think the artist is saying that science liberates you, okay? Knowledge liberates you because it makes you more in control of your world, mm. your universe, but it also can trap you. Uh, Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Now that so in the days, if you're thinking, this is the time when God is being questioned, right? And you, for hundreds of years, people, people have believed thought in that gods. Earth was flat as well, then, didn't they? Uh, no, not at this time, but they had done in the yeah. Middle Ages. Yeah. Some people still do. Some now, people still do. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, but so God is a double-edged sword. In the days when people really believed in God must say that this is still a very religious society, by the way. Right. But they're questioning God and they're questioning how important human beings are. And even though science and knowledge gives you freedoms, it also traps you in a way. Do you know do you see what I mean? In mm. knowledge and ideas. Not because really. you don't know you no. don't see what I mean. Well, I see that as the whole thing that's happening now, the COVID thing is human beings are trapped in this sort of medicalised science. And so it, it, what it does is it dampens your imagination, it dampens your ability to dream and imagine all sorts of things. Okay, so it's, um, it sort of blocks your, your mind. Blocks imagination, yeah, imagination and inspiration in some ways yeah. as well. It's like a double-edged sword. I think the artist is, is saying that too. Right, one fight. I've got my summary to do, but don't go away. You just stay there, okay? It's only because I've only got a minute left. Um, it's worth noting how realistic this picture is, isn't it? It is. They look like real people, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not idealised. It's not like fantasised or idealised. It's very down to earth. And he was known for that. This artist was was very much known for his down to earth work. And the final point is that, to remember, this is part of a series of three candlelit pictures. And there's one in the National Gallery from 1768. That's the other one, the one you showed me yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. The experiment on a bird in an air pump. And in fact, that's more famous than this, and it comes after. But I chose this one because I think it's more uh, symbolic and it's got more interest. There's more questions to be asked about it. Yeah, and also yeah. it's not as well known and it's in a regional art gallery and it's nice to look at mm. a painting that isn't in a big London art gallery. Right, so we've run out of time. So thanks for joining me, Arthur. No and, worries. And yeah. um, speak to you next time, listeners.